0: 是 <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We're going to talk about the game. It's not just any game. It's the game. Ohio State versus the team up north. In this podcast, I refuse to call that team by their name because you are not just getting the analyst today, you are getting the fan If you like the podcast, make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you send me an email on BigTenFootballTalk at gmail.com Leave a review. The reviews are great. Retweet. Get this thing out there, please. We'd we'd love the support. We'd love to get more people uh, listening to this. Listen, it is... It's no joke when I say it's time for war. It's exactly what is blaring in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center in Columbus, Ohio. I'm sure it's, I don't know what the team up north blares, but I'm sure it's a similar sentiment. These teams hate each other uh, every time that they play. Mutual respect, healthy respect whenever they, you know, the other 364 days of the year. But make no mistake about it, this is, this is, the game that they that both teams talk about, and I want to start by talking about what this game is like for a fan of Ohio State. and if you're an Ohio State fan or a team up north fan, you you guys know about this, but I want to talk about this from from an Ohio State fan standpoint, because I think the narrative is shifting on the rivalry. And I think it's just helpful to understand the context because, you know, Ohio State-Penn State is a big game. It's a great series. It's, it's, I don't mean this as a shot against Penn State, but they're, they're not our rival, right? And it's, a, it's an important game. It's determined the East several times. And so it's a very significant game but coaches haven't been fired over their inability to beat penn state like they just they haven't and and quite honestly like you know james franklin has one win over ohio state he hasn't been fired for not being able to beat ohio state coaches i mean th- your your reputation is on the line And for a long time, you know, when I, growing up as, as, and I, if you go back last year, I did a podcast on this rivalry, growing up in the nineties sucked as a Buckeye fan because every year Ohio State would come in number one, number two, number three in the country. At least it seemed like every year they did. And the team up North somehow, you know, one way or another beat the stuffing out of us. You know, 95, Tim Biakabatuka runs for 313 yards. When the Heisman Trophy-winning running back is on the other team, he's not running for 300 yards. Some guy named Batuka is. Knocks Ohio State out of, the, out of the national championship hunt. Next year, first-round corner, Sean Springs slips and lets Ty Streets beat Ohio State. And so that, that's the narrative, you know, Ohio State chokes against the team up north, John Cooper chokes, and then Jim Trestle, in 310 days, you'll be proud of our young men in Ann Arbor, and I, I know I butchered the quote, but, you know, and then he went and backed it up, and he went 2-1, and one, won a national championship, and then in 2004, it seemed like Team up north had a better team. You're thinking, Ah, Ohio State's probably going to lose this game, and then they upset them, and then the rivalry changes. So, and from 2004 to 2020 to mid November of 2021, Ohio State lost once, and it was a it was a weird wonky year, and the game was canceled in 2020. And at that point, and I'm including the vacated win because I, I, I hate that you... Vacating wins is stupid. Um, it's, it's the dumbest penalty in the world. They were... Let's see, let me do quick math here. 15-1 and from 2004 to 2019. And the team up north's only win was against the worst Ohio State squad in that time frame. With a freshman Braxton Miller, a completely depleted roster, and with an interim head coach. And so that was it. And so Ohio State dominated. And so every year you kind of have a sense, well, yeah, like, Ohio State may lose this, but... Man, they, they don't lose to the team up north. They just don't. And then last year happened. Listen, Ohio State was not a bad team last year. They were the number two team in the country going into that game. You're not ranked number two in the, at the end of November by being a bad team. Like, obviously, right? Team up north ran the ball down their throats. The offense was not as bad as I I remembered. I, I watched a little bit of that game back earlier this week. But it was snowy. It was cold. And the team up north had a better running game. And the defense, Ohio State's defense was atrocious. And they got outplayed soundly. And the team up north won the Big Ten... And went to the playoff, and Ohio State had the consolation of the Rose Bowl, which is a nice—it's a nice consolation. And now, 365 days later, as a fan, there's a lot of questions because if Ohio State li- listen, if Ohio State wins, everything's right as rain again, right? Ohio State defended their home turf. Check. Ryan Day has a winning record against the team up north. Check. They've reestablished themselves as the best team in the conference. Check. They go to the Big Ten Championship game where they're probably going to beat Iowa or whoever goes there. Check. They'll get to the playoff. Check. You know, they, they, they are back in their uh, their seat of being one of the top three programs in the nation. If they lose, Ryan Day and his legacy is in jeopardy. In serious jeopardy. Because the last coach to have a losing record against the team up north in their first three games is John Cooper. Urban was th- 3 and 0. Oh. Jim Tressel 2 and 1. John Cooper 0 oh and 3. And now Ryan Day might start 1 and 2 against the most hated rival and not only that but both times they miss out on the Big Ten championship game and the playoff. And you know what that's shades of? John Cooper. Now, am I saying that Ryan Day is John Cooper? No, I think Ryan Day gets the rivalry better, for sure. John Cooper, as much as I love Coop, you know, he's a really good coach for Ohio State, but he did not get the rivalry. Like, he just did not, and he didn't help his players understand the rivalry. I I do think and wonder if Ryan Day, you know, Ryan Day did not grow up in Ohio. And so they have all the infrastructure at Ohio State to care about the rivalry. But one of the things I've often wondered about Ryan as he continues his tenure is, does he really care or does he just have a system in place to help his players care? And that's, you know, that's a subjective thought. But the reality is Ryan Day did not grow up in Ohio. Urban did. Jim Trestle did. Like, they grew up watching this game. Ryan Day says he grew up watching this game. I don't even know if they had this game on TV in New England back in the 90s and early 2000s. I'm sure you could find it on ESPN, but he's probably he probably was watching the Patriots the following day. Like I, I, you know, and so I'm 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 not sure. You know, maybe he really really does get it. I mean, he's he's passionate. He, you know, he loves his players. But regardless of all that, this is a legacy. I wouldn't say defining game. But it, it, it has a lot to do with Ryan Day's early legacy at Ohio State. He has the more talented team based on the recruiting rankings. But can he, can he get it done? Does he have this team prepared and ready to go? I think that's, those are fair questions. And, you know, even players were coming out earlier, earlier this week and said, yeah, we kind of lost our urgency with the team up north. And, and we've got it back. Do they? Uh, I, you know, I, I think, I think that's a big question. Uh, on the other side, and and listen, I'm coming at this less from uh, as a fan and more just as an observer. You know, a year ago the question was, should Jim Harbaugh still be the coach at the t- uh, for the team up north? Which. And this is the thing, as as a fan, we, we start to say, Ryan Day, you know, maybe he should be fired after this, or maybe he should be on the hot seat. He should not be on the hot seat if he loses, FYI, right? Like, won 11 games last year in a Rose Bowl, went to the playoff his first year, went to playoff his second year. Like, no, he should not. He he, he deserves a little bit more leash than that. But remember, we were, th- th- a lot of people thought Jim Harbaugh m- should get, that it would be good for Michigan for him to go to the NFL and it's you know last year's game did a lot to change that right they win they get they win the big Ten first big Ten championship game appearance for Mich- uh, for the team up north sorry I almost said almost said the bad word um you know in the I think in the 12 year history of the Big 10 Championship game that was their first appearance and their their first win. You know, and I know they got smacked in the playoff, but everybody's getting smacked against Georgia. Georgia was just ridiculously good last year. And so again, this this game defines legacies and changes legacies very quickly. And so and so there's not a lot of pressure on Jim Harbaugh. Because if they lose, well, they're they're expected to lose. Especially if Blake Corum is hurt. And so all the pressure is on Ryan Day. Because Jim Harbaugh got the monkey off his back last year. The players, and, and not only that, but the players don't know any better. Right? Like... They have not played this rivalry game, aside from last year, they've not played it since 2019. And so what, what does the team up north's roster know? They know beating Ohio State. This is the first time in decades that, teams, that, that a team up north could say that. And this is the first time in a long time that most of Ohio State's roster has not experienced a win over the team up north. And so we're talking about culture-defining. We're talking about legacy-defining. Def- legacy Everything is on the line in this game. Which is why when people say, well, it's just it's just a rivalry game. No, it is the game. And in this iteration, it's as big as it gets. Both teams undefeated. Both teams in the top three. So, by the way, last time that both teams were undefeated going to this game, 16 years ago. Last time both of them were in the top three, six years ago. By the way, six years ago, it was a double overtime game. 16 years ago, it was a 42-39 masterpiece of a game. So, this is a big game. It, it is, and it's probably the last version of this game where the stakes will be this high because again, you know, playoff expansion is coming no divisions is coming uh, bigger Big Ten is coming and so in, in future iterations we could see this game played and then they play each other again in the Big Ten title game which a number of people have kind of covered if you if you listen to uh, Team Up North podcasts, if you look at Ohio State podcasts that they'll talk about this. So, so let me tell you, as a fan, I am both excited and nervous. And uh, you know, a, a win, a, a win really does solidify Ryan Day as one of the top coaches, right? Especially if he goes third playoff in four years, third Big Ten championship in, in four years. Two and one against his rival, and you know. And he's he's played the team up north. They were ranked thirteenth going into it in twenty nineteen, ranked fifth last year, ranked third this year. Like if you look at Tress, Jim Tressel, Urban Meyer, they didn't. Even John Cooper did not play these caliber of team up north teams this often right like even yeah, even Cooper often he was losing to lesser talented teams that didn't have as good of rankings this is I mean number five last year number three this year I mean that's we're talking about tough tough teams you know you look at Urban Meyer's tenure I believe they were 20th in 2012 they They're unranked in 2013 unranked in 2014 they ranked 10th in 2015. In 2016, they were third. 2017 they weren't ranked. 2018 they were fourth. So that, you know, that's Urban's tenure. They were good. They, they, they had a high ranking from most years from 2015 to 2018. But those first three years, goodness, they were not. You know, 20th was their best ranking. So Ryan Day is getting them high. So, as a fan, it, it's, everything is on the line. I don't like it when Ryan Day has all the pressure on him. I think he, he puckers a little bit when there's a lot of pressure on him. I think I've seen it in the playoff, a, couple, a couple of the playoff games. Um, I think I saw it in games against Oregon last year and against the team up north last year, against Utah last year. I think he gets conservative, oddly conservative in games like this where he feels pressure. So I don't like that. Um, I, I think I still have some real concerns about Ohio State, particularly out wide. The receivers are really good, but they they struggle to block. And I think that's been one of the biggest hampers to, to Travion Henderson's game. Not I mean, he's hurt. But also when he bounces, there's nothing there. The, the bubble screens aren't there. Why? Because the perimeter blocking stinks. And I never thought I would, like, of of all the things that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson did well, I mean, they were phenomenal receivers. I mean, they're tearing it up in the NFL right now. But one of the big things that they did well, as small as they were, was they blocked the crap out of people. And these guys, I mean, even Marvin, who I think is the best receiver in college football, he doesn't block well. None of them really block all that well. And, and they have at times, but they're, they're inconsistent. And so I, I'm concerned about that. I think the weather's going to be good for Saturday, which, but that would have been a concern. And then I still, I still wonder if this defense is real. Like I think Jim Knowles has made a lot of changes. I'm like, aside from, from Penn State and Maryland last week, they haven't really faced a real offense that's no offense. When I say real, I don't mean like oh, you can you can put up points at times. Like I mean you've got real NFL talent in multiple positions on your offense. And they struggled against Penn State. They struggled against Maryland a bit. So I, I don't I don't think the team up north is as gifted offensively as either Penn State. Or Maryland, but they certainly have a better running game than both teams. Ohio State hasn't seen a running running game like this. They haven't seen a running back like Corum. They've seen some good running backs, but they they have not faced Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards. So now I'm taking my my fan glasses off because I think, and I'll just be upfront: as a fan for a long time, I've been thinking. The team up north is going to win, and they're going to win by double digits. That has been my impression of this game as a fan. Let me take the fan glasses off. I think, I think if Blake Quorum were healthy and Donovan Edwards were 100%, and some of the team up north's other guys, right, You know, Mike Morris was out last week. I don't know if he's going to be back. I'd imagine he's going to play. Uh, Trevor Keegan on the offensive line. I don't know what his status is. I, I, I think if all those guys were healthy, I would probably... I don't know if I would pick the team up north to win. But I would probably lean towards that. And part of it is that the team at North has, a. I think, they have less pathways to victory. But that one pathway is pretty good. And it's to bludgeon you to death with the run game. Blake Corum, uh, probably the best running back in the country this season. The offensive line might be the best unit in the country. Like, better than Georgia, better than Ohio State, certainly better than anything Ohio State has faced. I think the wide receivers are inconsistent, and I think J.J. McCarthy is inconsistent. But he can create, and that's something that, while Cade McNamara could dance a little bit, McNamara is a lot better. Schoonmaker at tight end, really good. Really good. Not Eric Hall. I think Eric Hall was probably a little bit better. Schoonmaker is really good. Um, and so the offense, I think, is a bit one-dimensional, but they c- kind of could be. And if your running game is that good, the play-action pass, the misdirection, all that stuff opens up, and they love doing that stuff, right? So I think their offense is really, really talented. Defensively, the statistics look great. They look really good. I think Ohio State's faced a better defense. I think Notre Dame's defense is actually better. Notre, Notre Dame has actually faced decent offenses and shut them down. And while Ohio State, they did not play super great offensively against Notre Dame. They also had to adjust on the fly because that's the game where Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's probably going to get 10 to 12 targets in that game, went out six six or seven minutes into the game. And so... And then Ohio State tried to just take the error of the ball and just... They bludgeoned Notre Dame to death. So I, I don't know what that game looks like if JSN plays. But I I think Mozzie Smith is going to be a problem. I think Mike Morris if he's in, he'll, he'll be a problem. But this is not Aiden Hutchinson or David Ajabo or Dax Hill. It's just not. Sanders still and Turner are good players. They are not superstars on the back end. Will Johnson could be a superstar, but he's a freshman. And I don't know if you want a true freshman matching up against Marvin Harrison. Their their safeties are good, Rod Moore, Macari Page, good. Their linebackers are good, right? Junior Colson, Barrett, you know they're 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 good, right? But I you know you look at their defense, it's a it's a no. You know I've heard one person describe it as a no star defense. Ozzy Smith is a star. Like, he's he's again really good. I think Mike Morris Mike Morris can be a star. But I don't think that the back seven isn't as good as Penn State's. And I again I think the defensive line is. They're good. They're, they're really good. But again, I if you if you ask me to pick a defensive line, I'm probably picking Notre Dame's over. The team up north, certainly picking Ohio State. Um, and so, and that's where this game really is, is weird. Because I think, you know, a few weeks ago when Ohio State played Northwestern, I was sit, sitting there and I'm thinking, they can't stop the run. Team up north's going to kill them. And then you look into that game and you're like, Northwestern shocked Ohio State in the first quarter with Wildcat, with a running quarterback, and the wind going crazy. And then Ohio State adjusted and they settled. And they got it done. Against Maryland, Hemby, who had been coming on, did not, I think he averaged under three yards of carry. And what killed him was receiver play and quarterback, particularly a quarterback that could get out of the pocket. Now McCarthy can get out of the pocket, he can get out of the pocket. He can make things happen, but their receivers are not Maryland's receivers. Their, rece- their receivers are not Penn State's receivers. I think they're, I think they can be really good. I think they're they're inconsistent. Ronnie Bell is probably their best best player. Roman Wilson can get behind you if you're not disciplined. Cornelius Johnson is a big body. But I, I just don't know how much I think they can hurt Ohio State like other receivers have. And I think you combine that with McCarthy, who has been inconsistent himself. Like, well, I, I, I'm not as concerned about the run game as I am the pass game. And the run game, If I mean, if, if Ohio State can slow down the run game, I'm not so sure that Team Up North can score enough to keep up with Ohio State's offense. And I'm talking about this as a from an analyst perspective because as a as a as a fan, my knee jerk is to think Michigan the Team Up North, Team Up North is going to win by two scores. I I but then I look at this game, I look at the revenge factor, which, you know, I, I said Ryan Day tends to pucker up. At the same time, when revenge is on his mind for 365 days, uh, mm, this, this kind of feels like 2020 Clemson all over again. And I know I just spent a lot of time saying, well, Ryan Day puckers and sometimes he gets conservative. Uh, it's at home. I'm not sure the status about Blake Corum. And honestly, I think the bigger loss is Donovan Edwards. I think he has a broken hand. Even if he plays, he's not going to be as effective in the pass game, which quite honestly I think really, really hurts the Wolverines. Because he can vary your offense in ways that no other player on your team can. And so I, I think if Blake Corum plays, I think it's it's a tighter it's a tighter ball game for sure. I, I, I might pick team up north. No, I, I'd probably pick Ohio State to win anyway. I think if Blake Corum is hurt and if Donovan Edwards can't go, I I think I think the team up north will move the ball. But I think they will struggle in the red zone. You know, Jake Moody has been great for them at kicker. I think I think they might get a couple of big plays through Roman Wilson or, or Ronnie Bell. I think they can score in the 20s against Ohio State's defense. I don't think Ohio State's defense is all the way fixed, but they don't need it to be. Because I think... I I think, uh, you know, Ohio State has been spending a lot of time trying to run the ball. I would not be surprised in this game to see Ohio State let C.J. Stroud try to win the Heisman. I think Ibuka Ibuka and and Harrison are going to give their corners fits. I think Cade Stover is going to give them fits down the seam. And I just and I think their running game, while I think they may struggle a bit, I think they're finding some things with Hayden and if Williams comes back healthy. But the thing is, they don't need hate they don't need the running game to win this game. It'd be helpful. But again, and this has been my my thought all along, Ohio State has more ways to beat you. And one of the ways that's there that wasn't there last year is they could turn you over. Right? Like, and, you know, go back to the Penn State game. Great. You know, and people compare this, the scores. And be like, well, the team up north blew the doors off of Penn State. Yes. Ohio State didn't play their A game and the the player that beat them that day was JT, JT, Tumolow. Right? Like, that's, Their running game stunk. You know, their corners played a pretty good game outside of Marvin Harrison. You know, they exposed Ohio State's corners. JT stood uh, stood out. Almost single-handedly won that game. Last week, it was Dallin Hayden. Dallin Hayden won that game for... You know, for for Ohio State last week, right? Um, you go to you know you go to Notre Dame game it's Ryan Williams, and my my thought continues to be Ohio State has more more counter punches and. The team up north has a nasty jab and haymaker with Blake Corum, and they have a really nice counterpunch with Donovan Edwards. They really do. But after that, you know, if the, if you take those away, what happens? Well, you almost lose to, you almost lose to Illinois. And so I. The score I'm gonna pick is not indicative of where I think these teams are in terms of talent. It's much more in terms of matchup. I've got Ohio State 45, team up north 24. Sorry, 27. I think uh I think uh Jake Moody's gonna probably kick a couple of field goals. But I just – I don't – I think as good as the Team Up North's defense can be, I, I'm i not sure they match up well. And I, I think Cade Stover and Marvin Harrison are going to have big days. Big days. And I, I think I would not be surprised if they – the defense is able to turn McCarthy over quite a bit. So that's that's my pick. Um, it's on Fox. Big noon kickoff. Joel Clack, Gus Johnson, Ohio State, seven and a half point favorite. I have them covering. If you asked me a week ago if that's what I was going to pick, I would have said, no, I'm picking the team up north to win. So I, I just think the more I think about it, the more I'm like, ah... And I don't like how Ohio State's played in the past few weeks. And so I know people might think, oh my gosh, how could you say that with them, the way that they played against Maryland, the way they played against Northwestern, the way – and I'll just say this. The one thing that I've really criticized Ohio State for the past several weeks has been their focus uh, and that they, they don't play four-quarter games, they – They play in spurts and then they kind of ease off the gas or they get sloppy. I don't think you're going to see that on Saturday. I think you're going to see a laser-focused team. And again, I've said this for weeks, since the beginning of the season. If Ohio State puts it all together, nobody's beaten them. Not even Georgia. I think... This is the type of game that Ohio State might put it together because of how focused they are. They they've been waiting for this moment, and I, I think they're gonna. I, I think it's. I think this is the time that they're 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 really gonna show up. So, if I'm wrong, I will talk about it. I'm probably gonna do a post game pod later on Saturday. So. You can either watch, well, listen to me eat crow, or you can hear why I was right. And either way, it'll be fun, hopefully. Uh, we'll do a couple other post games as well. I'll probably drop one after Nebraska, Iowa on Friday, uh, Friday night. But yeah, let me know your thoughts. Feel free to shoot me an email. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. It's rivalry week. Hope you guys enjoy Black Friday. Enjoy this weekend of college football. Take care. God bless.